Chapter forty two of the Queen's Necklace by Alexander Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In which Monsieur de Cournot understands nothing of what is passing. Don Manuel was less yellow than usual, that is to say, he was more red. He had just been having a fierce altercation with his valet, and they were still disputing when Beausire entered. Come, Monsieur Beausire, and set us right said the valet about what this one hundred thousand franc it is the property of the association is it not certainly ah monsieur beausire agrees with me wait said don manuel well then continued the valet the chest ought not to be kept close to the ambassador's room why not asked beausire Monsieur Manuel ought to give us each a key to it. Not so, said Manuel. Do you suspect me of wishing to rob the association? I may equally suspect you when you ask for a key. But, said the valet, we have all equal rights. Really, monsieur, if you wish to make us all equal— we ought to have played the ambassador in turn. It would have been less plausible in the eyes of the public, but it would have satisfied you. And besides, said Beausire, Monsieur Manuel has the incontestable privilege of the inventor. Oh, replied the valet, the thing once started, there are no more privileges. I do not speak for myself only. All our comrades think the same. They are wrong, said both Manuel and Beausire. I was wrong myself to take the opinion of Monsieur Beausire. Of course, the secretary supports the ambassador. Monsieur, replied Beausire, you are a knave whose ears I would slit if it had not already been done too often. You insult me by saying that I have an understanding with Manuel. And me also, said Manuel. And I demand satisfaction, added Beausire. Oh, I am no fighter. So I see, said Beausire, seizing hold of him. Help, help, cried the valet, attacked at once by both of them. But just then they heard a bell ring. "'Leave him, and let him open the door,' said Manuel. "'Our comrades shall hear all this,' replied the valet. "'Tell them what you please. We will answer for our conduct.' "'Monsieur Bomer,' cried the porter from below. "'Well, we shall have no more contests about the one hundred thousand francs,' said Manuel, "'for they will disappear with Monsieur Bomer.' Monsieur Burmer entered, followed by Bossange. Both looked humble and embarrassed. Burmer began and explained that political reasons would prevent their fulfilling their contract. Manuel cried out angrily. Beausire looked fierce. Manuel said that the bargain was completed and the money ready. Burmer persisted. Manuel, always through Beausire, replied— 
that his government had been apprised of the conclusion of the bargain and that it was an insult to his queen to break it off monsieur Bomer was very sorry but it was impossible to act otherwise though sire and manuel's name refused to accept the retraction and abused monsieur Boma as a man without faith and ended by saying you have found someone to pay more for it the jewellers colored Beausire saw that he was right, and feigned to consult his ambassador. "'Well,' said he at length, "'if another will give you more for your diamonds, we would do the same, rather than have this affront offered to our queen. Will you take fifty thousand francs more?' Burma shook his head. "'One hundred thousand, or even one hundred and fifty thousand, continued Beausire, willing to offer anything rather than lose the booty. The jewellers looked dazzled for a moment, consulted together, and then said, "'No, monsieur, it is useless to tempt us. A will more powerful than our own compels us to decline. You understand, no doubt, that it is not we who refuse. We only obey the orders of one greater than any of us.' Both sire and Manuel saw that it was useless to say more, and tried to look and speak indifferently on the matter. Meanwhile the valet had been listening attentively, and just then, making an unlucky movement, stumbled against the door. Beausire ran to the antechamber. "'What on earth are you about?' cried he. "'Monsieur, I bring the morning dispatches.' "'Good,' said Beausire, taking them from him. "'Now go!' They were letters from Portugal, generally very insignificant, but which, passing through their hands before going to Du Corneau, often gave them useful information about the affairs of the embassy. The jewellers, hearing the word dispatches, rose to leave like men who had received their congé. "'Well,' said Manuel when they were gone, "'we are completely beaten. Only one hundred thousand francs.' a poor spoil we shall have but eight thousand each it is not worth the trouble but it might be fifty thousand each good replied manuel but the valet will never leave us now he knows the affair has failed oh i know how we will manage him he will return immediately and claim his share and that of his comrades and we shall have the whole house in our hands. Well, I will call him first to a secret conference. Then leave me to act. I think I understand, said Manuel. Neither, however, would leave his friend alone with the chest while he went to call him. Manuel said that his dignity as ambassador prevented him from taking such a step. You are not ambassador to him? said Beausire. However, I will call through the window. The valet, who was just beginning a conversation with the porter, hearing himself called, came up. Beausire said to him with a smiling air, I suppose you were telling this business to the porter? Oh, no. Are you sure? I swear. For if you were, you were committing a great folly. And have lost a great deal of money. How so? Why, 
at present only we three know the secret and could divide the one hundred thousand francs between us as they all now think we have given it to monsieur Burmer. marbleu cried the valet it is true thirty-three thousand three hundred francs each then you accept i should think so i said you were a rogue said both sire in a thundering voice come don manuel help me to seize this man and give him up to our associates pardon pardon cried the unfortunate i did but jest shut him up until we can devise his punishment the man began to cry out take care said both sire that ducournot does not hear us if you do not leave me alone said the valet i will denounce you all and i will strangle you said don manuel trying to push him into a neighboring closet send away ducournot somewhere both sire while i finish this fellow when he had locked him up he returned to the room beausire was not there don manuel felt tempted he was alone and beausire might be some little time he could open the chest take out all the banknotes and be off in two minutes he ran to the room where it was the door was locked ah thought he beausire distrusted me and locked the door before he went he forced back the lock with his sword and then uttered a terrible cry the chest was opened and empty beausire had got as we know a second key he had forestalled manuel manuel ran down like a madman the porter was singing at the door he asked if beausire had passed yes some ten minutes ago manuel became furious summoned them all and ran to release the unfortunate valet but when he told his story manuel was accused of being an accomplice of beausire and they all turned against him monsieur ducourneau felt ready to faint when he entered and saw the men preparing to hang monsieur de souza hang monsieur de souza cried he it is high treason at last they threw him into a cellar fearing his cries would arouse the neighborhood at that moment loud knocks at the door disturbed them they looked at each other in dismay the knocks were repeated and someone cried open in the name of the portuguese ambassador on hearing this each made his escape in terror as best he could scrambling over walls and roofs the true ambassador could only enter by the help of the police they found and arrested monsieur du Corneau, who slept that night in the chatelet thus ended the adventure of the sham embassy from portugal end of chapter forty two recording by john van stan savannah georgia